for that. Right now, we get some more insight with our own Wayne Randazzo. You can hear him every night here on the Mets pre- and post-game shows. Also does some play-by-play as well. Wayne, thanks for taking a couple minutes. Uh, now, it sounds like uh, you're not going to get any update on Cespedes, but let me ask you, what have you heard the latest uh, on Cespedes? And do you think maybe the Mets' lack of uh, letting the info out tonight is any indication of the seriousness of this injury? Yeah, it certainly appears ominous, Sal, and especially considering that uh, it's going to be Sandy himself delivering the message tomorrow uh, when the, when he has his normal press conference before a uh, homestand. So, uh, you know, it, it could lead, it could mean something is is worse than maybe what the Mets were seeing on Sunday. And the X-rays were negative, but that didn't mean there wasn't something wrong with the, his ligament or something inside the thumb that could have been torn. So, uh, yeah, you know, it doesn't look great. When you uh, consider the Mets are not saying anything today, why wait until tomorrow? But, you know, maybe it's it's really nothing, and, and Sandy will address all that tomorrow. So maybe a, a restless night for Mets fans ahead. I'll be honest with you, Wayne. I initially was thinking that when I saw Puma report that with, you know, the tweet saying the Mets aren't going to say anything until tomorrow. Initially, I was thinking exactly what you said, but I was kind of expecting you. I thought maybe I was overreacting as I normally do. <laughs> I was kind of expecting you, Wayne, to calm me down. You just made it worse. <laughs> well, Sal, you know, I don't, I don't, I wish I could tell you better news, but. Uh, you know, it could be nothing. It, it could very well just be a few days, or maybe he'll need to go on the disabled list. Maybe it's a sprain, and he'll be out a couple of weeks, uh, or maybe it's something worse, and he'll be out a couple of months. So it, it's it's so maybe it's somewhere in the middle, and it's just a, a two-week thing, and he'll be back out there. Regardless of what it is, even if it's just a few days, it comes at a bad time because Cespedes was just starting to roll. The last four games, I would say, going back to Thursday's game against the Cardinals, he was a completely different hitter than what we saw in the first few weeks of the season, and it's unfortunate timing in that sense because Cespedes, it seemed, was just about to take off. Yeah, just starting to get going. Plus, his gnome night is coming up on Saturday. I mean, that's that, right. you, you don't yeah, want to miss gnome. your your gnome yeah. giveaway day. Uh, that no. would that would stink. We're talking about our own Wayne Randazzo. I, I guess my next question could be rendered useless uh, by tomorrow. But how about the idea of Bruce going to first base to have you know Nimmo and Lagares get regular at bats? Obviously, if Cespedes is out, that changes the whole conversation. Are you uh, you know a fan of moving Bruce to first base to get those guys some more abs? Yeah, I think I think Jay Bruce will be the Mets' first baseman eventually. Uh, I could even see him being the everyday first baseman wow. eventually, maybe in the back half of this year, maybe next year. You know, Adrian Gonzalez is only on a one-year deal. Uh, you know, maybe Dom Smith doesn't turn things around, and, and that's because of the way Nimmo's played. And Ligaris, too, that, you know, you've got, if you've got Conforto and Cespedes locked up, maybe Bruce just goes to first full-time. I, I think, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense at the end of the day that, that Jay ends up there. Now, to this point, obviously, we, and we said this all the time, these things take care of themselves, and maybe Cespedes being out a couple of weeks does buy the Mets some time in the sense of where, what they do with Jay Bruce and Adrian Gonzalez right now. But I'll tell you another thing about Gonzalez. You know, he's been hitting the ball fine. We saw a couple of instances yesterday where he smoked the ball and it got caught in the gap in right center field. I, I think that Adrian Gonzalez, and he has 17 RBIs. That's as many as Frazier. He's had a couple of big games. But I think that Adrian's held his own so far. I think he's been a lot better than what I expected. And, you know, he's fine around the bag. Even at his advanced age, I think he's still going to be better around the bag at first than Jay Bruce, who's not a natural first baseman. So I don't think the Mets are too, really too eager to to get Adrian Gonzalez away from there. Uh, But I do think they want to get Nemo and Ligaris at bat. So they're really kind of in a catch-22 right now. 
And if Cespedes does end up on the disabled list, well, that would that would take care of all that for now. Yeah, unfortunately, but you're right. These things do work themselves out. I can't believe Gonzalez has 17 ribbies. I mean, I like him. I like watching him when he gives you a professional at bat. Uh, his beautiful swing. I mean, I know he's aging. He's not going to be the same player that he once was, but I would give a little more time uh, to Adrian Gonzalez, not just based off of yesterday. I think he adds something to this ball club. But long term, yeah, I mean, they're probably better off with Bruce at first base. Do you think Nimmo is going to be exposed as a potential everyday player or you think he will thrive in that role i think brandon nemo is still developing i think he's still getting better i think he's still trying to figure out uh, what type of player he is and, and who he can be to help a team uh, i i think brandon nemo the way that he's developed in the last three or four seasons has really impressed me you know aside from his makeup we all know that he's a great kid and He's a super guy. You know, he's, he's the last one to sign autographs, and he's the one they're dragging on the bus to get him away from all the fans that he's mm. signing for. Uh, you know, it, it, he's such a over-the-top good guy. But aside from that, he is an extremely hard worker. His work ethic is off the charts as well as his makeup. And he's a guy who's in the cage. He's watching video. He's paying an enormous amount of attention to his body and, and what goes in it and, and how he eats. The whole, everything. He's conditioned himself to be a tremendous athlete, and he's worked very hard to become a good baseball player. So I, I think, you know, obviously he's not going to get on base 50% of the time all season long, but I think Brandon Nimmo is a valuable player, and I think that we're really just seeing the tip of what he could be at the major league level. What if his power develops? You know, he's big. he's a big guy. What if he starts hitting home runs? And we haven't even seen that from Brandon yet, but I, I think we could. And I, I think if Brandon's playing every day, that I, I, he'll only get better. Yeah, and he is fun to watch. I'll tell you that. Whether you, uh, he's going to get exposed or not, uh, at this point, he is fun to watch. And it seems like he does something every time he has the opportunity. I'm talking with Wayne Randazzo. You can hear him on the pre- and post-games here on OR. Tomorrow the coverage begins, 6.05. Mets resume play. Take it on the Bravos for three. Uh, how about uh, Michael Conforto, Wayne? He's been my favorite player. I, I keep saying I think he's the best hitter on this team. He struggled this year. And I know he's gotten on base 20 straight games every time. He's, I don't care about that. Conforto's got a hit. And for whatever reason, he's not hitting this year uh is there reason to be concerned about Conforto possible shoulder thing what, what's up with Michael Conforto no I think it's it's just similar to Cespedes and even even Bruce to some extent you know it's just it's just it's just the time we're in the season where he's just not hitting very well he looks a little lost right now um you know maybe he's in his head a little bit but you know I think Michael's going to be fine I think as we've seen before you have to continue to make adjustments but the talent is going to win out as long as you do that. And I think Michael will do that. So I'm not concerned at all. You know, is it bats even in the last, even yesterday? I mean, he's just not quite there yet, but we we saw Cespedes not quite be there yet for three or for three weeks or so. And then all of a sudden since Thursday, he'd been smacking the ball and he'd stopped striking out. So it it just, you know, these things happen for a a bit parts in the season and you just have to roll with it. And I think Conforto will will roll out of it soon. Last one on the lineup for you, Wayne. Before we switch to the pitching, yeah, you know, we had Pete and I had uh, Callaway on our show on Friday. I know you talk to him every day. You're out there. He made it sound like, well, I mean, we all know catching has been an issue, obviously with Pulecki and Darno going down. But those guys, Nito and Lobaton, uh, each respectively produced a little bit this weekend in San Diego. Do you think um, the Mets are going to actively look to upgrade at that catching spot? Or do you think they're still planning to ride it out until Pulecki comes back? Well, they'll ride this out. Uh, you know, Kevin's not that far away. Maybe two more weeks, and I think you should see Ploiecki. But, uh, you know, even so, uh, you know, Ploiecki's still waiting to prove himself at the major league level. 
Lobatone will be a, a solid experienced backup while Ploiecki's back and, and Darno's obviously out for the year. But I think long term, looking at this season, that the Mets are going to actively seek out something as far as the catching position is concerned. I would be surprised if they went into a pennant race with Ploiecki and Lobatone as their catchers. I think they'll add eventually. I don't think it'll be in the next two weeks. I don't even think that's a smart thing to do because you can get ripped off pretty easily by mm. by trying to go after somebody this early in the season. So, I mean, it's not the, the best thing in the world to, to ride with Lobatone and Nito right now, but considering that Ploiecki is just going to be a couple more weeks, uh, I think that they'll handle that and then look to add once it's closer to the trade deadline. All right, we're still awaiting, obviously, the, uh, the status of Cespedes tomorrow. You mentioned Ploiecki maybe a couple weeks away. What's up with Swarzak? Is he a couple of weeks away? I haven't heard anything on him recently. Yeah, we haven't heard much. It's been kind of quiet. He's progressing. You know, these obliques sometimes take four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, especially for a pitcher. Uh, it was his left side. So, you know, they're not in any rush. They want to have him back because he'll be a valuable piece to the bullpen once he is. But they're in absolutely no hurry right now. I think they feel like that the way Gesellman and, and Lugo have stepped up in the bullpen you know, even having Harvey down there as he tries to get back to where at least some semblance of what he used to be, that they're comfortable right now. Paul Seawald has has arrived in the last couple of weeks. Remember the first two weeks of the season, everybody was thinking Seawald was going to go to Vegas because you know, he wasn't being used very often. Well, suddenly he's become a, a trusted member in Mickey Calloway's bullpen. So yeah, they feel like they're the, the pen is still a strength. I think they like to get Blevins and Ramos going a little bit. But, uh, you know, once Suarez comes back, then, yeah, it's even stronger than it is now. I guess Dave Island today was speaking with the Daily News, said that uh, he thinks Harvey has seen the light. I mean, whatever that means. If I'm Harvey, I'd run the other way from whatever light there might be shining. Do you think, Wayne, this is long-term, him in the bullpen? Or you could see a scenario where, say, Matt's goes down, whether it's injury or, or doesn't perform or, or something like that, where they quickly transition Harvey back to the rotation? Or do you think this is a long-term project trying to make him a useful weapon out of the bullpen? I think they'll need to see more success than what they've seen so far. Maybe Matt has taken to it. Maybe Matt is trying to play along right now. But they they need to see more than two innings in games that were well decided by the time he got into them. I think he'll need to have some high leverage innings before they can even make the determination that he's found his way and can be a candidate to get back to the starting rotation. I mean, I'd like to see Seth Lugo get some starts before Matt Harvey right now if you're going to go away from Matt's. But it really doesn't seem like they're going to do that either. You know, Steven had this little back thing come up. Uh, they think he'll be fine. They're pushing him back. I mean, really, you'd, you'd probably rather have Syndergaard Grom on regular rest anyway. So, you know, Matsking has some extra time to figure his stuff out. But I, I would, if I, if, if they're up to me, I would say Lugo should be the next guy out of the bullpen to make a start before Harvey. And, and I, I, I'd only change my mind until you see Matt get some big outs for this team, which he's not been able to do yet. Yeah, I like that you said that because that's kind of what I was going to ask. If they need another starter, where are they getting it? Are they going to move Lugo? I mean, who knows? In Vargas, now look, I, I know there was one game and he was awful. I would expect to, to have some sort of a extended leash here with him. But let's say, Wayne, that he doesn't get it done. Callaway has shown he's not going to pit, he's not going to put you out there if you don't get it done. I mean, do they have a quick hook with Wheeler, with Mats, with Vargas? And then who would be next? I mean, maybe it would be Seth Lugo. Yeah, I don't think the hook's going to be that quick. I, you know, I think Wheeler was good yesterday. You know, he had nine strikeouts. He's had a couple of really good starts. Uh, I think Wheeler's kind of solidified himself a little bit. Maybe Steven Matz hasn't, but I still think that he does have some more opportunities here. 
And Vargas, you know, we saw Bartolo Colon do that all the time. Mm. He just get lit up one night, and and then the next time he didn't look any different, but somehow he only gave up one run. I mean, that's kind of who Jason Vargas is. He's just going to come at you the next time. You know, maybe he'll make that slight adjustment, throw those pitches in, in different locations, and largely look just like he did on Saturday, but but somehow come away unscathed and, and be in line for the victory. I, I think he'll be fine. That was so funny, Wayne, because it's so true. Certain guys look different when they get tattooed. Bartolo never did, and I think Vargas, <laughs> it's a great comparison. He's probably that same guy. He's, he's going to have nights like that where he gets roughed up. Unfortunately, first impression, and especially coming off of his you know first tenure with the Mets. But uh, well, yeah, Mickey, you know, Mickey made an interesting point that he'd been pitching in front of a screen so much that maybe his front shoulder was diving out of the way early because he was trying to avoid the screen that's been in front of him. Maybe that just kind of messed him up a little bit. You know, baseball is is so minute. The things that need to be done, if, if you're just the slightest bit off, you could, you could look like you don't belong on a major league field. And really, it's just a slight tweak that could be made for the next start that will make him, you know, the guy who he's been for the last 10 years. So it'll be, I think he'll be fine, and we'll, we'll find out how he looks next time. Yeah, the big question now is going to be what happens with Cespedes uh, and uh, hopefully good news, or at least not the worst news tomorrow. Thanks, Wayne. Appreciate it. All right, Sal. Thanks a lot. Now I'm going to lose some sleep now. Thanks, Wayne. Really? You made me lose some sleep now. I was all, I swear I saw that, and I was like, okay, Sal, do not panic. Do not overreact. It's let's not look or read too much into it. It's just Puma saying that you know what, Mike Puma, the Post reporting, Mets aren't going to say anything about it now. They'll address it tomorrow with Alderson. And my instinct when reading that was, uh oh, this is not good. Why would they not just release it if it were a clean MRI? Something's got to be wrong. And then I tried to throughout the course of the show while I'm talking to you in between, I'm trying to talk myself out of it. Don't overreact. It's not a big deal. Don't think the worst. Don't be negative. Have a positive mind frame. And then Wayne, who is positive, right? Wayne's not an overreactor. He's the opposite of guys like me. Wayne is level headed. He's not going to be negative or positive. Wayne is level headed. Not going to overreact. And he says, yeah, there's probably something to it. This might be bad news. It's ominous. Uh oh. This could be a big problem. 800-321-0710. Not what you want after finishing up the first month of the season. Good fashion. 17-9, first place. Let's move on to May.